get this, a dating site for anti-vaxxers called Unjected. Unjected has been removed from the Apple App Store. While 47% say the unvaccinated make me upset or angry. I wish that he would go further to restrict the activities of the unvaccinated. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo. Rest in peace, Wheezy. The Unjected Show with your hosts, Shelby Thompson, Heather Kyle, Scott Armstrong, and Zach Brown. Call 1-833-3-UNJECT, extension 888. That's 1-833-386-5328, extension 888. Lines are open now. The Unjected Show is intended for an adult audience and may contain explicit material. User discretion is advised. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Unjected Show. My name is Scott uh, from Unjected.com. Now, we had a little bit of a hiccup in today's programming schedule, so I'm going to be chilling with you guys for a little bit. Just me. Just hanging out with you guys. Shelby and uh, Heather are tied up right now. Um, Shelby was mobilized out to the Lahaina area. So she's going to be joining the broadcast here, hopefully, at the t- around the top of the hour. So in about an hour. So we're just going to be hanging out and discussing what's going on. I've been on the front lines of this from where I've been sitting here in Nashville, basically in constant correspondence with Shelby and Heather, um, <clears throat> getting constant updates about what's going on. And, uh, you know, I've been doing some investigation myself. I wrote an article, which we'll look at here in a little bit, on the Unjected Substack. And uh, we're just going to get into it, you guys. I've got a whole bunch of clips. I've got a whole bunch of testimonials from people you know, locals, people that are on the scene. So we're going to get into it. And then uh, hopefully, you know, if the cell signal strong enough and all that down in Lahaina, we will get a report from Shelby live in the field. So definitely a different uh, show than what we normally do around here, but it's in response to this insane crisis that happened. And, and, you know, it's just been really tragic to watch the story unfold. Um, You know, it's the most frustrating part is, well, there's so many frustrating parts, but, but for me, being a person so far removed from the actual location where the situation is going on, it's like, it's hard to get good information, you know? And, and once again, as we've seen with the whole COVID situation, the lockdowns, everything, what we have seen is a complete failure of the media to actually give us the truth, to actually report on what's actually going on and to actually give us what we need to know in order to understand these situations. Right. I mean, they've proven themselves to be not only incompetent, inept, and absolute failures at every aspect of everything they do. But this situation also really uh, exemplifies that in the sense that, you know, it's so crazy because the, when I wrote that article, I think it was like Tuesday, we put that out. <clears throat> you know, the, the the news had been saying it was like 88. Hold on, let me check real quick. They said like, it was like 88 or 90, yeah, 99 deaths at the, as of Tuesday, right? But we're hearing reports from people on the field, in the field, you know, like Shelby, Heather, all these folks that are on the ground telling us that there are thousands of people missing. And this had been a week since the actual fire broke out. If there are thousands of people still unaccounted for, you know, that should be something that should be being reported on, but it's not, it's complete silence. They're like trying to downplay the situation because strictly because, and it's so obvious the whole world is watching and the whole world sees what's going on. It is very, very clear what's going on right now, that this is, you know, the fires themselves were a deliberate attack. It's very clear. And we, and we'll go over some of that today, but 
not only that, but the, the response from this pathetic government is is, the, is basically a cover-up. It's an extension of their ineptitude and their failures as an institution. And there should be, once again, accountability and justice around this particular situation. And so what we're seeing is that the media is really just serving their role, once again, of just protecting the institutions. They're not here to give us news. They're not here to tell us the truth. They're not here to serve any role other than to cover the tracks of criminals, absolute criminals and tyrants. And so we're going to be here tonight discussing this. Um, you know, there's lots of people that are doing a good job covering this topic. A lot of local people doing interviews. You know, Shelby's been doing, making the rounds, doing interviews. Um, I know she was on with Ryan from The Last American Vagabond. We're going to watch some of that tonight. She was just on with Deanna Lorraine earlier tonight or earlier today. Oh, Christy Lee. She just did an interview with Christy Lee earlier. I think Deanna was yesterday. So that that episode is actually out right now. You know, and, and it's just heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking, you know, to, to, to hear the stories, to hear the accounts, to hear what, you know, they're, they're having to do out there in order to, you know, s just preserve any sort of dignity amongst the people that are out there. You know, we've got stories coming out about, you know, whatever FEMA or government military relief efforts are there are really simply acting to block any sort of relief efforts from the public. I've heard stories of pallets of supplies being sent in that are being blocked from coming in. Like they aren't allowed to send in boats or anything like that from the mainland or from other islands in order to bring supplies to the people. The government is actually actively preventing them from getting help. And it's just, it's just, it's no surprise. I mean, it's no surprise at all. And then also stories of the government acting to keep people from leaving the town when the fire was happening, you know, like there's just these are crimes. These are atrocities that added to the amount of death that occurred out there. And, we, you know, it's probably going to be a while before we get any sort of idea about the true nature and the true scope of this situation. And it's just it's been really, 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 really heartbreaking to, to watch and see. You know what I mean? It's just been really rough. You know, so from my perspective, this all kind of unfolded last week, um, last Tuesday, which was ironically my birthday, like on my birthday is when the fire started. So it's like, Oh Jesus. So anyway, um, we were all super excited. We were all getting ready to fly to Austin, Texas for the American Liberty Awards. Right. And Shelby and you know, they, they were supposed to come out Zach, the whole crew. Oh, and I forgot to mention shout out to Zach. Zach just got in a car accident like right before this too. So it's like things are crazy around this and around these parts. So Zach's fine. He's good. Actually, somebody, was driving and hit his car while the car was parked and nobody was in his car. So he's fine. Everyone's fine. The person has insurance. It's all good. But yeah, it's just been a lot of uh, one crisis after another around here. Apparently, I guess it's my turn. Like things have been great for me. I'm like, kind of like, Oh shit. Like what's gonna, the shoes about to drop. But anyway, so we were all getting ready for the American Liberty Awards, right? I was supposed to fly in uh, on Thursday of last week. Um, Shelby was supposed to come in Friday morning. I was supposed to pick her up at the airport. First time meeting the crew. I was so excited. You know what I'm saying? Um, Zach was supposed to come in. He had a family issue that prevented him from going. I, so I, you know, <clears throat> I went, I was one of the main organizers, so I had to go, but leading up to the, you know, is that Wednesday Shelby pretty much messaged us very somberly. It was like, look guys, I can't go. This is turning into a huge situation. And I can't just leave my people and can't leave my family behind right now. <clears throat> and so as disappointing as that was, and as sad as that was, 
uh, you know, it was completely understandable. And, and kind of the takeaway from that too, was we were just very grateful that she was not in Austin when this happened and was not able to get back to her family. Like that would have been probably an even worse situation. So the fact that it happened before she left was definitely a, uh, was definitely a blessing in, you know, in disguise. So, you know, so I, I, you know, it was a very uh, somber event, you know, well, we had a great time. It was a fantastic event, but there was a very heavy undertone throughout the whole weekend. Um, you know, I threw together a little clip that we played during the show um, just to kind of like, it was Shelby just basically saying, you know, I wish I could be there with the, all of you freedom fighters right now, but uh, you know, I have to be here with my people. And so, you know, that definitely put a damper on things, but, you know, the American Liberty Awards was a huge success. If you guys, um, you know, the, the replay is up right now. If you guys want to check it out, it's on AmericanLibertyAwards.com. Um, you can go and check that out. It's just right there at the top of the page. And uh, the, the Rumble link, or you can click the link and watch it on Rumble. It was a huge success. It was a lot of fun. Um, we had some mishaps throughout the evening, but uh, otherwise it was a really, really great first production. You know, first. Of, oh, wait a minute. What the hell is not playing there? Let me see. Is that Rumble Link dead or something? I don't know. Anyway, just go to Rumble and search American Liberty Awards and you'll, you'll be able to find it. So I think. Um, so, yeah. So just being in constant contact with them throughout the course of the last week or so, um, just hearing these updates and it just feels like it just keeps getting worse and worse. Like the more we understand about the situation, the more we, we, we see what's going on. Um, and I just, you know, it's just been really, really heartbreaking. I just can't even imagine having to deal with what they're dealing with. So we're going to get into it here a little bit. Um, you guys, so uh, as you probably know, Shelby and Heather run the soundboard for this show. So when we take your calls, it basically gets routed through their uh, little soundboard out there. So won't be able to take your calls. But what we will do is I'm going to post the, uh, the, the, the video link to join here on StreamYard. In a little bit here, I'll put post that in the chats, both on Rumble and Rockfin, so that anybody in the in the audience that wants to call in, um, you you can join the show via video. So you know, like I always say, like clean your room, get a nice little backdrop going, uh, get a smile on your face, and you can join the show here in a little bit. Um, so anyway, thank you guys for for tuning in. You know, I know we we pushed the show out as a live update from Maui but it was a really last minute thing. Shelby called me about an hour before the show. And she's like, you know, um, there's just so much going on. I'm actually on my way to Lahaina right now. And, uh, and is it, is it okay if we just canceled the show? And I was like, you know, I, eh, I just pushed out all the, the promotions for the show. So I was like, how about this? How about I just carry the show and, uh, that's fine. And that was kind of, you know, how we left it. And she's like, you know what? I could probably join, once I get there. So, and once I get kind of established, so we're hoping to hear from Shelby. I, I can't make any complete promises on that, but in any case, it's just you and you and me hanging out today. So I uh, hope you guys are cool with that. Um, so anyway, let's, let's kind of get going here. So this is um first clip I have here is just some testimonial. Um, it was posted on this guy's YouTube channel here and uh, let's just, let's just get some uh, boots on the ground or sandals on the ground reports of uh, what's going on. Oh, no way. Dude, do you know how many people are asking about you, bro? Oh. Do you know? Look, it just showed up. <laughs> bro. Are you okay, man? Are you okay? Yeah. Holy, bro. I can't believe you just walked up on me. Bro. Are you okay? 
I knew you would be okay, by the way. By the way, if you guys don't know who this is, this is Fish. He's been sitting next to Cheeseburger in Paradise, selling the most awesome stuff, right, for years. He's a, uh, he's like a legend, and uh, everyone loves Fish, and Fish loves everybody. But he's one of the wisest person, people that I know. Can you tell your story, man? You got, you got time? Are you feeling all right? Or you, yeah. I know it's middle of the day and it's hot. Yeah. Well, I went to uh, Safeway late because the wind was blowing, so I wouldn't be able to leave that night. And electricity was off. Took me about an hour and a half to just get some orange juice. And so it was about four o'clock and I went out and I saw the fire and it was, you couldn't even see the gateway because it was covered with smoke. And everyone's standing around just looking. And I said, I think we should get out of here because of the speed of this wind. It could be here in two minutes. So I went around back to Front Street and there were, all the cars were lined up, but none of them were moving. And I walked all the way from Safeway to the chart house. Not one car had moved. And I was wondering what was stopping the traffic. Well, it was a policeman. And I got to the end and I looked up north. There were no obstructions. There was no reason to keep those cars there. Are you serious? I'm serious as a heart attack. And I, I said, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm under orders to keep them here. And I said, the fire is, is right around Safeway. It's going to hit Front Street. You know, these people got to get out of here. And he said, I'm following orders. No way. And I, so I just kept walking. I, well, maybe he knows something I don't, you know, so. And I keep walking down the highway, and I look behind, no cars are coming out. I walked all the way to Waikuli Beach, still no cars coming out. And I started hearing boom, boom, boom. And then I heard people screaming and stuff. You're saying they were blockaded in by the police? At the end of Front Street? Yeah. Like where that restaurant is? Right, where the chart house was. Where the chart house was, I should right. say. They, there was a blockade there, and they could not go any further. Right. From Safeway to there, not one car had moved. And people walking in front of me, the people in the cars are saying, would you like a ride? And they go, oh, okay, and they'd get in. They asked me, I go, no, you better get out of here, you know? It, and, uh, but they just, well, we were told to evacuate by car. I, I was like, okay. So I just kept walking and I got all the way to, uh, like I said, the Civic Center. And then I started hearing all the explosions and there was no one walking behind me or on bicycles or anything. And I just, Dude, that is unbelievable. I had no idea, you know, until the next day when I walked down there to, to what had happened. I just, oh my. So did you, did you go up north to your place? Yeah. Yeah. And then you just hunkered down for the night? Yeah. And then you came down to Front Street or the fire? Because I know the fire burned right above your, your place. Did it get, all, did it get close way. to you? It got to the uh, Civic Center right where the tennis courts are at all around through there and that's where they stopped it. Wow. Wow. So if people here want to help you, do you have, I know you're not, are you online? Do you have a Venmo? Do you have any kind of online account of any kind whatsoever? Nothing. So guys, if you want to help fish directly, Lahaina Fire Fund and then put fish in the comment section and every donation that comes in will go directly to fish. So there's a way you can make a comment, just put the word fish and we'll make sure he gets every penny since he doesn't have, you know, they're not tracking. There's one guy they're not tracking on planet Earth, trust me. Uh, so anyway, what's uh, what's happened since, man? What can you tell us? What can you, part of this channel. So yeah, so, you know, there's just a lot of people that are displaced. You know, obviously entire homes 
and the entire town pretty much is decimated, you know, and, and it's like, you know, these are these are just families and people. And then some of the reports I've heard is that, you know, due to the fact that, you know, it's like a cultural thing, I understand, you know, they have like large families, you know, multi-generational families living in the same house or also for economic reasons, you know, because these are expensive, uh, you know, homes that, you know, you have lots and lots of people and like roommate type situations. So for every house that was destroyed, there's potentially a multitude of people from each one that have been displaced. And so, you know, that's, that's a lot of what the relief effort is going towards. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of, uh, you know, fundraising type situations going on out there. Um, I do want to shout out one here real quick. So this is actually, um, well, let me just, uh, do this here. So the one that we've kind of, you know, uh, Shelby along with uh, Jimmy Levy, um so this is brought to you by unjected and the musical artist jimmy levy hopefully you guys are all familiar with him like big time chart topping uh you know truth rapper whatever you want to say um they created this fund right here and uh so there there's a link in the episode description if you guys want to go down and and if you want to even just share it just if you have like a you know any sort of telegram channel facebook anywhere where you have a platform and friends and an audience just getting this out there um they're really taking this money directly and giving it to people that have been displaced if, if they need any sort of resources and funds for that. Um, so, so they're actually working to get that directly in the hands of people that need it. And so the, the URL is givesendgo.com forward slash faith over fear Maui. Okay. Um, I might actually be able to upload that video that I made for the event that Shelby did, but I'll work on that while we're watching the next video here. But, uh, but yeah, it's just, um, you know, I'd say watch out for scams. There's probably a lot of scam donations going on out there. Like a lot of people trying to capitalize on, on an event. And I'm just assuming I haven't heard any evidence of that, but I'd just say use discernment when you are choosing to make any contributions. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so just be careful there, but yeah, that's givesendgo.com forward slash faith over fear Maui. Um, let's see. Uh, what's up, Colleen. I see Colleen in the chat. She's dropping truth bombs. So I need to read that in a sec. So let's, let's watch another video clip. Um, this is, uh, a lot of you guys probably have seen this. A lot of these clips, and I apologize ahead of time, but a lot of these clips are like taken from like Instagram reels that Shelby has been sending me, um, keeping me up to speed about what's going on. So the aspect ratio is kind of like, it's the, the vertical phone aspect ratio. So it doesn't look the best on a, on a podcast like this, but, uh, you guys will get the drift. So this is, um, you guys have probably seen this footage, you know, some of the accounts of during the fire, people had no escape. They had no warning. That's the biggest thing. We're going to talk about that too tonight. The, the fact that there was no warning. Now, in Lahaina, in, in Maui, they have, you know, there, there's a danger of, uh, of, of tidal waves coming in, right? Monsoons, all these like crazy weather events. And so they have weather sirens that are supposed to go off in the event of some catastrophic, uh, you know, natural disaster type situation. Now, when these fires rang out, there was no sirens. They, they left the sirens off. They left the sirens off. They could have easily, easily, easily utilized that resource in order to alert the people that there was danger, impending danger, like get out, get out. But they chose not to. They chose not to, to, to de deliberately chose not to. Now I heard that the governor, his name is Josh Green, which I, Josh Green has not been on my radar much these last few years, but now he definitely is on my radar. He's just a definite little new world order stooge. And he's out there running the freaking narrative that, you know, oh, climate change, this climate change, that, you know, it's just brutal, brutal, brutal. So the fact that, uh, 
the fact that he's like utilizing this to capitalize politically is just pathetic beyond belief. And so his claim was that the, the sirens were damaged. The sirens were damaged by the fire. But but unfortunately, that that's we know that's bullshit because, you know, they, they weren't damaged before the fires. Like but when the fires were approaching the town, they were perfectly fine. And according to Shelby, these are not just your everyday run of the mill sirens. These are some of the most state of the art revolutionary sirens in existence in the whole world. They've built so much infrastructure around alerting the community about any potential, uh, you know, natural disasters that these are not these are these are state of the art. This is state of the art equipment. And not only that, but they tested on the first of every month. Shelby said, like, it's kind of a joke in their community where it's like, oh, when the sirens go off, it's time to pay rent because on the first of every month they do they do a test. So they were in perfect working order and uh, they just chose deliberately not to. So um, here's an article from The Guardian talking about the head of Maui emergency. The head of the Maui emergency agency resigns after defending not sounding the sirens. <laughs> so this little guy, Herman. Andaya, his resignation comes after the deadly blaze in Maui killed at least 111 people. Okay, so now it's 111 people. Is this, uh, I guess, as of today, August, uh, yesterday, 17th? Okay. The head of the Maui Emergency Management Agency, who has been under fire. Oh, God. Great. You guys need some better copywriters, I'd say, who's been under fire for not activating disaster sirens during last week's wildfire response, resigned on Thursday, citing health reasons. Okay, so he defended the fact that they chose not to use the sirens and they're like, okay, you got to get out of here, bro. This is not good for PR, not good for us. Um, so here we go. Talks a little bit about the system was created after a 1946 tsunami that killed more than 150 people on the big Island. And its website says they may be used to alert for fires. So this is part of their protocol. This is not something that's like outside of the realm of possibility. Like this is something that needs to be done. They need to alert the people when, when danger is coming. You know, I've heard accounts of people saying how, they had no idea that there was even a fire there until it was too late. You know, they lay down to take a nap with their family and they wake up and the fire is immediately on them. The fact that anybody was able to escape with their lives is just insane. And it's just, you know, I'm, uh, there's just so many factors that that went into this, you know, um, because of the fires and the high winds, a lot of the people were sent home for the day. The kids were sent home for the day for school. And uh, it was they were just basically just like sitting ducks basically in their homes, you know, and with no alert and no no ability to understand that 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 danger was, you know, immediate, then, uh, you know, it's really dangerous. So let, let me let me get to this, too. So um, so I was talking about this article a little bit ago. So this is on the unjected Substack, unjected.substack.com. Uh, right before we went live, I went ahead and pinned this to the top of the uh, of the page there and. Uh, Basically, what you see here is the this is if you click on it. Um, you know, it's a report that I kind of expanded out. And this was uh, on Tuesday. So a lot of this information, a lot of this information is still current. But, you know, this is an ever changing story. Um, so basically said that sadly, there were many casualties while the mainstream media reports 99 deaths at the time of writing this. Those on the front lines of the relief efforts claim thousands of people have lost their lives and upwards of 5000 are still missing. So we still have thousands of people unaccounted for um again you can find the link to the give send go there on that article and i do want to suggest that you guys subscribe to the substack unjected.substack.com it's completely free to subscribe to um you know you get alerts about any of the the injected shows that we're about to do and while we've been focusing a lot on the website unjected.com you know getting the, the new site back up and running you know the goal of this is to really actually be a resource of like you know medical freedom news, you know, anything related to the vaccines and just anything as this whole crazy world continues to progress. It's going to be like, my goal is to have it be 
uh, a resource for you guys. So I definitely suggest uh, subscribing to that, but uh, it's totally free to sign up for. Um, so just real quick, I want to go over some of these factors. So this is um, some of the, some of the factors that contributed to the overall devastation. So the power was out in the area, leaving many in the infect in the affected area without communication. So, you know, a lot of people weren't able to use their cell phones to communicate to each other, to communicate danger to each other. So, you know, with the lack of sirens, with the lack of any sort of uh, notification, and then in addition to that, not being able to alert friends or family members, you know, this is just like a perfect storm, you know? Um, so there was a hurricane, there was a hurricane that was passing kind of to the Southwest of, of Maui of, of, of Hawaii in general, hurricane Dora. Now, this is a really interesting phenomenon that has a lot of people questioning, you know, what sort of weather manipulation was involved with this because the winds were blowing from like the inside of the island out to the ocean, the opposite direction of where the hurricane was. You would think that if there's a hurricane coming at you, that the the winds would be coming from the direction of the hurricane, but it was actually the, the opposite way. And so that's really strange. And these high winds are really what pushed the fire out um, you know, along, along the, the island there. So it was the, the, the high, whatever ignited the fires was really, uh, propelled and, and, um, kind of just magnified by the high winds that were coming from the island. Um, so reports, and we'll hear this in other, in other, uh, and you heard uh, fish there talking about it, but the reports of the people were prohibiting cars from leaving Lahaina. So they actually set up roadblocks preventing people from leaving the danger area, which is just insane. It just once again seems like every single aspect of this, the, the 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 local authorities were preventing people from either helping themselves, and now we're seeing them they're they're preventing them from getting the the type of uh, aid that they need after the fact. Um, so local firefighters reported when they showed up, the fire hydrants had been shut off. So here's an article about that. If you don't believe me, and I archived this, you can find the link. This is a New York Times article. So this is a fun little trick, by the way, if you guys want to get past all the paywalls on these websites like New York times, right? Normally you go to New York times and it's like, you have to pay money to get this. And I'm like, no, I don't. What you do is you go to archive.is. And this is just a fun little side, just like a little research tool for you guys. You go to archive.is right here. You find whatever article you want that's behind a paywall. And you can search at the bottom to see if somebody else has archived it already. And then it'll usually pop up. And if not, you can archive it yourself and do the world a favor. And uh, I've done this many, many, many times. Um, and then basically after that, it gets archived. And then when you're sharing the link, you can share, uh, let me go back. You can share, oh, where'd that go? Hold on. I don't know what this is. What's going on? Oh yeah, there it is. Okay. Sorry. Um, so you can share the article and this is the full article without a paywall. So it's basically removes the paywall from any of these sites. So it's a pretty cool, handy tool. So you can read the articles that would normally be behind a paywall. So this is, this is the article I shared, New York times. As Inferno grew, Lahaina's water system collapsed. Firefighters who rushed to contain the Maui wildfire found that hydrants were running dry, forcing crews to embark instead on a perilous rescue mission. So that's, I can't even imagine the hell and the insanity that that must have been like. I mean, look at that. Just uh, absolutely heartbreaking. So, yeah, I mean, they literally had the water shut off when fire firefighters reported to the scene. Just so crazy. Um, firefighters were lackadaisical in their initial response. According to Shelby, locals are calling the fire the 17-minute fire because it only took 17 minutes to consume the entire town after it had been a threat for several hours. So they were like, and, and some of the reports coming out, from what I heard, they were telling the locals, oh, yeah, the fire's contained. We're good. It's all good. Go back to your homes. You're, all, you're, you're fine. And then moments later, 
the fire just completely took the entire town. And of course, most importantly, the, the emergency siren system failed, leaving many without any warning about how much peril they were actually in. And Shelby stated in this interview, which we're going to watch a little bit of in just a second, um, uh, she stated that, quote, the only warning that people actually had inside of their homes was when they finally heard screaming outside. And by then it was too late. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So um, I do want to give a big shout out to Ryan from the Last American Vagabond. If you go to the Substack, you can find links to the full episode and then another deep dive that he did there at the top about looking at the, some of the evidence around the possibility of direct energy weapons in, in the use of this fire, which I know is like, you know, on the tip of everybody's tongue. Everybody's talking about um everybody's talking about you know direct energy weapons this and that and you know it's definitely a possibility um i i haven't ruled that out in any case and so in this article i do kind of expand out a little bit about um the direct energy weapon uh the argument that, that there could have been and just maybe some speculation as to what what could be happening um so this is all taken from Ryan, Ryan's research from the Last American Vagabond. So um, big shout out to him. And so basically, while we don't know, we cannot absolutely assume that it was direct energy weapons. And I had some people push back on me. They're like, well, it was, of course it was direct energy weapons. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. But do we have any absolute concrete, you know, concrete proof or evidence that that's the case? And I would say no. But uh, let's look at this. So, um so here's a Department of Defense document. So, so a lot of people think that direct energy weapons are a conspiracy, that there's no such thing. That's crazy, you crazy tinfoil hat, right? You got your crazy tinfoil hat on. So this is a Department of Defense document. You can find links to it in the article um, talking about direct energy weapons, right? Direct energy weapons. And this is a quote taken from that. Um, oh, wait, that's another document. But yeah, anyway, so this full document here like really goes into, you just do a word search for weapon, the document and it's like uh direct energy weapons in 2014 aboard the uss pond since then the direct energy weapon development has continued with do department of defense issuing a direct energy roadmap to coordinate the department's efforts you know so you get you see the word weapon high energy laser weapons you know it's mentioned several times throughout the document so this is a very real thing that the the, the department of defense the pentagon um you know defense contractors, Raytheon, all these guys, they're, they're actively building and perfecting this technology. So this technology absolutely exists without question. And, you know, if they are using it on our domestic population, then that absolutely needs to be, um, that needs to be fleshed out. You know, I, uh, the, I mean, I was, I was involved in that, you know, you remember the paradise fires in Northern California. And then in 2020, there was like, you know, the, the fire spread up through Oregon and uh, that was a very surreal time. I was right in the middle of all that, you know, um, the town, just a couple towns over, um, can't remember what it was called. Um, but we went and, and, and drove through it after the fact and the entire town was wiped out. The only, the only things that were left in all of these houses was like a brick chimney all the way to the top, you know, all the way to the, you know, you, the, the brick chimney was the only thing still standing in all of these houses. And it was just so horrific. Blue river, I think it was. Yeah. Blue river, Oregon. Um, that town was completely wiped out by the fires in 2020. You know, you couldn't go outside. Um, the smoke was so thick, like the sky was red. It was like, and that was right in the middle of like, you know, the COVID insanity and the election insanity. And it was a very surreal dystopian time where I was like, man, you know, like we were all thinking they were going to start rounding us up in box cars. And then this, like, this was like this hellscape. It was so insane. So, you know, I, I, I'm fully aware of the, the fire, you know, how horrific that can be. 
And, uh, you know, there was a lot of talk of direct energy weapons being used at that time too. You know, there was a lot of people having videos of like, you know, radars of like direct energy beams running across. There's people with like beams coming from the sky. And here we are several years later and still there's no evidence or anything that we can point to to say, yes, it was direct energy weapons for sure. So we just don't know. We just don't know. And that's my whole point in saying that here is that we just don't have the solid concrete evidence. So, um, <clears throat> oh, that, that is it. Okay. So that, that was the article. So, um, oh wait, here we go. So this, this is the other one. So look at this. So this is a document called directed energy futures, 2060 visions for the next 40 years of us department of defense, directed energy technologies. Now look at this. What is this little guy right here? Now remember this image right here of this little guy on the cover of this direct energy weapon document. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I pulled a quote from there. It says laser weapons can also cause damage by igniting fires. Oh, really? Altogether, directed energy weapons cause all five of the well-known D's destroy, damage, degrade, deny, and deception. Deny. So you gives you an open door to deny your involvement or whatever. Deception. Hmm. Very interesting. <clears throat> and this is directly taken from this document right here. Um, in addition to other strategic efforts identified in the U.S. Joint Chief of Staff, DOD Dictionary. In the rest of this section, we will focus on the blunt effects of physical damage and destruction as a means to project military power at range. So they can get away with doing this very sneakily, very covertly um, from long distances, and no one will ever know, right? So let's look at this. This is very interesting. So one of the main research facilities in the United States that is actively developing direct energy weapon technology is located on Maui. What? That doesn't, that, that can't be. Oh, did I not link this up? Okay. Damn. Okay. I'm gonna have to go back and fix that. But if you look it up, it's the Air Force Maui Optical and Supercomputing Site, the otherwise known as AMOS, is located very close to one of the areas where the fires took place. According to, okay, so yeah, I need to link that up. But let's look this up real quick. Let's see. AMOS Lab Maui. Let's see. So, and yeah, yeah see, there it is. And that's it. That's it. That's the that's the Amos lab member that we looked at at the document just a minute ago on the cover of the direct energy weapon um, handbook, basically. So um, there's basically two um, two facilities. So this is an article from the Los Alamos Daily Post talking about the former director uh, who used to be the director at the Amos site, um, how he left. And they're, they're kind of like talking about his career. But he says, we delivered the U.S. Air Force first ever operational directed energy weapons. He said, this guy's name is Dr. Kelly Hammett. Okay. Delivered the first, the U.S. Air Force first operational direct energy weapons as part of the Air Force direct energy experiment campaign. Um, blah, 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 blah. He uh, deployed four direct energy counter unmanned aerial systems to overseas locations, three Raytheon high energy laser weapon systems and high-power operation responder systems. They built the Thor in-house in 18 months, a record-breaking time as part of these AFLR. Okay, and so um, the Thor system, let me see. Oh, yeah, right here. This is the one I was looking for. And then before taking on the role of director, Hammett served four years as directorate's chief engineer, helping to solve a number of challenges in programs such as electrical laser on aircraft, known as ELLA, the Airborne Laser Test Bed, or ALTB, and the high-power microwave champ system and tackling the Air Force Maui Optical and Supercomputing or AMOS site for the modernization program. So, so this guy that develops direct energy weapons had the site. So there's basically two sites in the United States that uh, develop direct energy weapon technology. 
Um, one of them is on Maui and the other is that Los Alamos site. So crazy stuff. So they have a direct energy weapon research, um, research facility right there on Maui. So very, 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 very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Um, so again, you know, I can't make any definitive claims as to whether or not, you know, that was, uh, in fact, what, what was deployed here, you know, it almost seems much easier to just have like a can of gas and a handful of matches, but you know, we don't know. So what we're going to do here, you guys real quick is we're going to actually just watch a little bit, an excerpt of the video that's posted at the top of that article. So I want to encourage you to go check out that article, watch this full clip, and then also please go watch Ryan's coverage of this on the two, um, the two video links that are in this article, because he does a fantastic deep dive on all of these topics. Um, if you want to know more about the um, direct energy weapon component of it, and so let's just watch a, just a couple of minutes of this interview right here. And if you guys, um, if you guys hold on, let me just make sure I have sound because sometimes that happens. Let me know in chat if you guys don't hear the sound on this. I'm going to go ahead and play it. They wrote about, they call them magneto injections, which are literally used to control and move the limbs of animals. I mean, this is real stuff. So you guys can feel free to dismiss that if you'd like. But the point is, that these are things that we should consider. They're bringing in the, the military side of this, right? Because you mentioned that as well, that. There's military bases, I mean, literally everywhere throughout the Hawaiian Islands, which nobody there probably wants or likes, but the ultimately right there, like very close. And yes. that there's no indication that that was deployed, any help, any warning, you know, go ahead. Could you talk on that for me? Yeah, this is, the, I think this is the where I start feeling just ultimately disgusted. One, the tra the fire is a tragedy and its origins. We, you know, we should need to get to the bottom of this, but mm. what happened afterwards the response to the fire that's what makes me feel that it is deliberate because of the absolute lack of just uh care for human life and i love yeah the military base um you know is a is a huge point for me because you know we were only 100 miles from oahu which hosts a plethora of navy ships hospital ships uh warships uh, you know, they, they travel ex at very fast speeds. Why wasn't a ship deployed at two o'clock in the afternoon from Oahu to start pumping water from the ocean at Lahaina? Right. Why wasn't there a hospital ship there already when people were jumping in the ocean to escape flames? And now why are we five days later and there's still no one, no Navy. There's barely, there's the Coast Guard that has been, uh, you know, we're hearing lots of accounts of them turning away boats right. with supplies. So I did see one press conference where they said there was about eight good Samaritan boats that helped with extracting people out of Lahaina at two 30 in the morning. But mind you, people jumped in the water at five 30, four 30. It took that long to get 15 miles around the corner. No, they were stopping people in Maalaya Bay with their boats, they were stopping people in uh, Kihei Harbor from taking their boats to go save people from drowning because they said it was too dangerous. Well, and and then, I, I'm just appalled by that. You know, yeah. there's a lot of like, and I, I do see these comments where people say, oh, well, I'm a, you know, it's it's liability. We can't send people into a danger zone. And I'm sorry, if if, if we stay worried about liability compared to human life, I, I'm just appalled. Yeah. So, I mean, just I encourage you guys to go check out this full interview because they really get into a lot of, uh, you know, Shelby's been on the, the ground of this, you know, leading a lot of the relief efforts. 
And, uh, you know, her testimony and a lot of the accounts that she has are just so excruciating. So, you know, what she was describing, there was people jumping in the water, like people literally jumping in the water to escape. And, uh, so like I was going to pull this video up earlier and got kind of sidetracked, but this is the, uh, this is some footage of what that looked like. Yeah, major props to that guy for being able to tread water while holding his phone. Very impressive. Um, but yeah, that's just, that's so crazy. That's so crazy. So um, let's watch this clip. This is, um, you know, this is the sentiment of, of the locals. You know, this is, uh, it's an emotional time for everybody, you know, and then it's, it's just, it's very visceral. Oh, shit. No more nothing for us anymore, in the ocean, except sunscreen. So let us get back to our aina. We can survive. If the United States government don't like help us, maybe Japan going, they love Hawaii. Maybe one other country, but it's, if they can freaking take care of Ukraine, yeah? $40 billion go to Ukraine. Fucking shit ain't coming to us. What the fuck? My tax paying money for 60 fucking years don't mean shit. But they will take care of Ukraine, 40 fucking billion. But nobody's still here for take care of us. We're suffering. Holy shit, we got to do on our own. Now they come. Oh, no, no. We like polit polit political. Oh, FEMA coming. Red Cross coming. None of these caravans can come in. Oh, political. When I hear you guys talk, I like mention some names. I don't more love for you guys. You guys full of shit. You guys reading something off on paper, I never feel sincerity or emotion. But my sister died. The first picture they saw of somebody dead was. Yeah, so unbelievable. You know, it's like, what's the point of even having a government? I mean, isn't the point of having a government, if we were to actually believe in the, the use for this government, would be to actually be there for something like this? Like, this is your only job. This is your only damn job in the world. And you failed. You failed, and we all see it, okay? And um, I don't know what's going to happen from this. I hope. I hope there's some accountability. There needs to be some serious accountability that happens after this. After these last few years, one failure after another. And just one kicking the can down the road after another. And, and blaming somebody else or blaming some other political party on both sides. I'm mad at both sides. How dare you? How dare you just sit on your asses while this is happening? Both sides. I don't hear anybody on either side saying or doing anything about it. What is going on? I saw the clip. You probably guys all saw the clip too of Joe Biden being asked for comment on it. He's not sending. He's not like up on the podium declaring this an, an emergency or anything like that. They're not doing anything. He said no comment. They said Joe Biden. Will you, President Joe Biden of the United States, supposedly the most powerful person in the world? Okay. What is your comment on the Hawaii situation? And he smiled. He smiled and said no comment. I can't even believe like how infuriating that must be for the people that are there to see it. You know, how dare you? How dare you guys? Shame. Shame on all of you. All right, let's watch another clip. 
Lonnie and Noni are a mother-daughter duo who have deep roots in Lahaina. As strong winds moved in last week, they stayed home, but a fire was nearby and it was time to drive away. Embers are already falling down on us. Blasting the AC to stay cool, fire surrounds them. Then we see another fire like on the side of us. A, a whole house, we're like in the car and a whole tree is on fire and we're just like, I was like, oh my God, we're gonna die. The only way out, over the seawall and into the water. But Noni has trouble walking. And that's when Benny Reinike springs into action. So he's like, trust me, trust me, I promise I got you. He carries Noni over the wall on his back, keeping them safe in the water for over eight hours. I just kept thinking to myself, like, this is a young, you know, healthy guy that he could have just left. He could have swam around to safety, he, but he didn't. Now this morning, GMA setting up a reunion, a week in the making. Oh, oh my goodness. I'm so happy. <laughs> the emotion is palpable. It was you were hurting, scared. but you're doing it again me. over and over again. There's no way morally I could just walk past that and just save myself. You know? And now this mother and daughter have a final message for Benny. And she wouldn't have made it without you. I wouldn't have made it, baby. We love you. Yes, we do. Yeah, you're part of our ohana. So that's heartwarming. And, you know, we hear heart, we hear accounts of this too, you know, as with all tragedies, you know, just the, the, the uplifting of each other and people are able to come together and really support and be there for each other. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of magical moments happening out there. A lot of people who are just, you know, being really touched by just, just selfless acts of courage and people just, you know, really coming together to really support the community, like the locals that are doing it. We don't need no government, you know, we don't need any of you guys for that. So it's like, if we have to do it ourselves, we're going to do it ourselves. And that's kind of the name of the game. No one's coming to save us folks. No one's coming to save us. Um, we, we have to do it ourselves. Oh, Miss QA bears in the chat. What's up, Miss QA bear? <laughs> Shouts. Amanda's in the chat. What's up, Amanda and Ryan independent review. You guys got to go check out that show. The independent review. Fantastic show. Um, we got Kevin in the chat. What's up, Kevin? We got uh, Steve from AM Wake Up, another fantastic show. Steve is correcting me very accurately, saying there there is no such thing as both sides, Scott. Yes, you're right. It's it's one totalitarian pedophile uniparty. That's what we're dealing with, folks. So anyway, um, so those of you that are watching on Rockfin and Rumble, I just put the uh, Streamyard link in the chat there. Um, so instead of taking calls tonight, we're just doing video calls. So if you guys want to jump on and join and join the show, if you have any insights, if you have any commentary, if you, you know, anything you want to talk about, um, just hop on the show real quick and, uh, we'll, we'll get you going. So I hope somebody joins, you know what I mean? But if not, we're just going to keep playing clips here. Uh, yeah, that was just, just so heartbreak. You know I mean? It's, it's just, it's nuts. You guys, it's really, really nuts. And, um, haven't heard from Shelby yet. Let me see here. No, haven't heard from Shelby yet. So we're just kind of just rolling here. So let's watch another clip and, uh, we'll be right back. Truck going to check on some, uh, customers properties. And all of a sudden all the roads were being blocked off right in front of me. And I, from the cops and I would go to the next street and that would be blocked off and the next one. And they just blocked everything off, forced everybody down on front street in which then the flames were coming over our vehicles, not on our vehicles, but the flames are coming over top of our vehicles. What, what street do you want at this point in time? 
Front Street. You're on Front Street yes. itself. Yeah. So you got directed onto Front Street. Yep. Where did you start when you started this journey? I was going down the highway and they blocked it off and wouldn't let me go any further. So you were coming from La Neopoco? No, I was coming from uh, Waikuli. Why? Okay, so you're heading going down the you're highway. You're heading south. And then they they stopped they stopped us from going up on the bypass. Then they wouldn't let me go past the bypass to the other exits to go up there. Um, so then, you couldn't go up the bypass. No. And then, and then all of a sudden they said, everybody's off, get off this highway, go down this way, down into town. Then they started blocking everything off there. And then you were down on Front Street. And I got all the way down to Safeway. And so you got corralled onto yes, Front Street. You yes. started on Honopilani Highway. Yes. And you ended up on Front Street. Yes. Couldn't go anywhere. They just said, go north, go north, go north. And then when we got on Front Street, the embers were coming over the buildings and landing on our vehicles. And we're all in a line trying to get to the end of Front Street to go north, like they told us to not knowing that the police blocked off the end of Front Street so nobody could move. And then everybody panicked and they all started, everybody went up on the sidewalks and through yards, took out the other lane, nobody, and then all of a sudden nobody could move anywhere. So all I did was try to inch my way over to another yard and drive up through a, a, a sidewalk, come back around, and then I went, the cops were moving around one exit, so I ended up getting up on the highway, even though they trying to direct me another way, and then I hightailed it to home. So you basically had to climb up on sidewalks and go against what the cops were telling you you could do. You, to had, to, you had to break traffic laws, essentially. Basically, yeah. Right. I'm not saying it's yeah, a bad yeah. thing. I'm yeah. saying the no, only we, way to do it was to cross that line, yeah, essentially. Well, yeah, nobody could move and nobody knew where, where to go. And I said, I'm getting out of here no matter what. Right. I just, I went. And then they started following me, and, I, and then I got to my house. And, and your house is where? Wyakuli. It was right by the chart house just across the highway. Okay, okay. And um, then I, I thought I was safe there. I didn't think it was gonna be that big of a deal. There was a fire downtown. Okay, I understood, but I didn't think it was gonna affect everybody. Right. And then all of a sudden, our neighbor came over and said, you need to get out of here now. And we're like, what's going on? Because we didn't hear no sirens, no nothing. And then we found out that the they didn't want to sound the sirens because that would direct everybody up onto the high grounds which would have solved a lot of problems. Like a tsunami warning. Yeah, yeah, they didn't want to confuse people with a tsunami warning. How did you find that out? Um, several, several people several said people. that. Actually, they're saying it on the radio now. So somebody made a call to not sound the siren because it would... That's what we heard. Interesting. But you did not get evacuated. I even stopped at the roadblock to, to go to the other side to pick up supplies for people. Yeah, tell us what happened that night. Um, so it, it was at Ma'alaya is where the barricade was. And I and you were told you could leave I and come back and get and stuff. And I said, look, I'm going across right there to the gas station to get gas and ice and come right back. Can I leave and come back? And You're asking said, this to the, to to the, the police officer at the blockade. Yes. In Malaya on the on the poly, yes. right there after the poly. Okay. Yep. So I went there, got my gas, got right back in line and to come back, and they blocked us off and said nobody can go to the west side. So the same officer that just said you could come back allowed you to go get your supplies, but you just went to the gas station right there in right. Malaya. He got orders. I'm not saying. I'm it was not. His oh yeah, fault, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying but he you, got you, orders. And yeah. So again, in testimony in cases of the police just obstructing people from uh being able to make their escape and uh you know in those situations it's like you think the the common the interviewer there was talking about how you know oh you, you had to break the law to do it and it's like you know a lot of times in these situations do we have to like resort to these measures in order to 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 survive you know it's, it's just so crazy man like i just um ah it's just you know i can't even imagine what it's like going going through what these folks have gone through you know um and it's just it's just really powerful. Yeah. And then Colleen in the chat says it's amazing 
more people didn't get shot. Like they, like the police just didn't get shots. Like, dude, if you're, if you're trying to keep my family here and from harm's way, you know, like what well, that, that's a situation. That's a serious situation. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, it's, it's just mind boggling, you know? All right. Let's, let's watch another clip here. This is crazy. <gasps> You're just laying here like a baby. Oh my God. Oh my God, I think it's getting worse. Oh my God. Oh my God, I think we need to load up the car maybe. Oh my God, it is so close. Oh my God. Oh my God, Bunny. Oh, I know, and you're so hot, huh? It's back there. Oh my god. This is a nightmare. Oh, oh, we have the kitties and yeah. Sunny. I have you. Yeah. Oh my god. I can't believe this is happening to us. Oh. That's the tree, the monkey bar tree. Next to our house. What if it jumps the freeway right here? Wow, that's Fuck. funny. Fuck. Oh my god. Yeah, just at the end there, you saw the gridlock traffic. Like those people should be moving. They should be getting as far away from there as possible. So what is causing that? Why is that that roadblock happening? You know, and then of course, you know, we saw the photos of all of the burnt out cars, you know, right, right, lined up, lined up on the streets, like all the burned up cars. So were those people like just sitting ducks? Were they just being held there to burn in their own damn cars? That's unbelievable. So uh, we do have someone popping in. We have Amber Light Life. Amber, what's going on? Hello. Hi, nice how are you? Very nice to oh, meet you as well. I'm doing great. Um, I've been researching this for very intensely this past week. And recently I saw a video of the, um, it was an emergency. Oh, no, it was of a police officer. And he said he was following orders to have the roadblock there. And then I saw another one that said about the, water management no it was the sirens that they had they the man who was in charge of the emergency management he did not regret not turning mm -hmm. on the sirens. yep yeah exactly we were just looking at an article about that here where uh he was apparently fired oops that's not it he was apparently fired for uh talking about how he you know was defending the idea that they you know that they, the fact that they didn't sound the sirens, that was something that he was defending. So he had to resign over that. So yeah, that's crazy. That's good. Yeah. I, I was thinking that we could put this information together and serve it to the officers and the sheriffs in Mountain and yeah. the deputy sheriffs, if they've signed and if they've sworn an oath to the constitution, they need mm -hmm. to protect the people from, foreign and domestic terrorism. Yeah. I mean, this seems like it falls under the category of, of domestic terrorism. Like they keep calling us the domestic terrorists. Like, 
I beg to differ. Yeah. So crazy. I mean, that's a good suggestion. I mean, again, it just falls under the category of like, is there ever going to be any sort of accountability over any of this stuff? You know, we're still trying to get accountability for like 9-11. We're still trying to get accountability for, you know, COVID and the lockdowns. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we can only hope. We can definitely only hope. Yeah, I feel like it's us. We have to say no. Yeah. And we are in a tyrannical government that is acting. I, I've been studying law in, in maritime law and in equity mm -hmm. law, not in our constitutional law. Mm -hmm. And we need to hold them accountable for it. But most of us don't even know. It's so complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were saying something in the chat before you logged on about the, the, the direct energy weapon stuff. Did you have some commentary on that? Um, the, yeah. So the wildfires, they've been calling this a wildfire burns mm -hmm. at 1400 degrees Fahrenheit and metal melts at 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit and glass, I believe is just a little hotter than the metal. Mm -hmm. where the glass has melted. So when you look at these photos on Front Street of cars and the buildings, you can see that the metal has been essentially dissolved, just like what happened at 9-11. Mm -hmm. So um, it really points to that it is a direct energy weapon rather than a, a typical fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. So, you know, just the, the temperature, that's one of the, the key... Um, you know, elements of the whole 9-11 story is just like the, 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 the fact that it was just molten metal everywhere, you know, and like typical fires don't burn at that temperature. You know, there's like rivers of molten lava basically in the rubble. And uh, my good friend, Richard Gage, at, formerly of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth and currently at richardgage911.org, does a lot of really deep dives into that and looking at the, um, the nanothermite, thermite, uh, you know, remnants that were present there which indicates, you know, other things. I know there's a lot of uh, direct energy weapon talk around 9-11 as well, you know, the dustification of the towers. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we look at all that, that evidence too. You know, Dr. Judy Wood has a fantastic presentation on it. I don't know where I sit with all that in particular, but, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, but still we can't discount the fact that direct energy weapons were used. And of course, I don't know if you caught the beginning of the show, we were actually looking at um, some of those pieces of the puzzle where they're actually one of the main research facilities in the United States for direct energy weapons is located on Maui in Maui. That's so ironic. I know it's really, really crazy. I was going to, I'll show you here real quick. So this is, um, Oh, this is another conspiratorial piece of the puzzle, but if you go to the injected Substack, injected.substack.com, I put out an article on this last Tuesday where I pinned it to the very top, uh, right. This one right here, frontline report of the Maui fires and relief. Uh, there's a really good interview here that she did with uh, Ryan from the last American vagabond. If you scroll down here, I did a whole section on, um, the direct energy weapons and a lot of the resources um, for like, just pointing to the actual facility there in Maui called the Amos facility, the AMOS facility, which is a, a energy weapon facility. So yeah, on Maui, very crazy. So anyway, any other thoughts, Amber? Nope. Can you hear me? Hello? Oh yeah. I feel like it's important for Yep, I feel like it's important for us to keep the people of Lahaina and of Maui in our prayers. This was an archaeological site and has been uh, a city before settlers came. 
and mm-hmm. it was uh it's a really ancient city and some people are saying part of lumeria so i and a lot of light workers have lived there and have lived there and have healed and i feel like this is in me i've heard about these other incidences but this is hitting me deeper than any mm. of the other ones have i feel that fire in me to fight to be aware that this is a spiritual war as well as mm-hmm. a psychological and physical and that it's important for us to maintain our own peace of mind because that's where they get us is yeah. when where and when we're weak yeah. and um so yeah. keep the people of lahaina in your prayers and um do whatever you can to fight the good fight and be the best best version of yourself that you can there you go oh and one last closing remark thank you so much for what you're doing injected i've been really appreciating watching your growth awesome well thank you so much amber we're going to keep pushing through through all the trials and tribulations it seems like we can't catch a break either the website gets sabotaged or we get deleted off the app store and then the fire it's like every maybe that's maybe that's the direct energy weapon people maybe that's what they did is they they lit the fires just to sabotage injected it could be it could be now i'm just saying but no those are very wise words very kind words and like i hope that resonates with the people out there prayers and good blessings to everybody out there you know and i can feel the suffering that's happening out there and just been constantly talking to shelby and heather about their you know firsthand accounts it's it's really just it's really tragic and so yes all the prayers and all the light to maui as we sit here tonight so thank you so much, Amber. I really appreciate you coming on. You're welcome. Thank you for All having right. me. On. Yep. Of course. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. There you go, guys. So prayers and blessings to all the people of Maui, all the people of Hawaii, you know, and then, you know, there's, there's the whole aspect as well of, um, you know, what, what happens now. Um, I heard a, a, an interview with uh, Josh Green, good old governor, Josh Green yesterday talking about how the state wants to seize that land to make it into uh, you know, some sort of like memorial. Or something like that. So they're already talking about taking the land. And we know that there has been, you know, talks of whether it's like BlackRock, big corporations, um, you know, these these celebrities that have infested the islands out there. Talks of them seizing the land back, um, trying to, you know, do whatever it is they want to do, take it away from the people. And of course, you know, from from what I know about Hawaii, you know, the, the locals, the people that have been there for hundreds or thousands of years, you know, they don't want these Howley's coming in and taking over their land. You know, Hawaii is a, a captured, you know, island. You know, these 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 do not belong to the United States. You know, and it's, it was just like conquest and uh, empire that 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 you know kind of absorbed the islands of Hawaii in the first place. And uh, you know, if if anything, like this really reinforces the fact that they were right all along that that America has no business even being there, no business even being there whatsoever. It's just so insane, you know, and, uh, you know, we can look back from one after another, one after another. It's like I Colleen mentions Katrina here in the in the chat, you know, another failure of, of infrastructure and, and public services. You know, it's just one after another. It's like, what what is the use of this government if they cannot even do what they're basically, you know, chartered to do, which is like keep people safe and and or else at the very least help in this situation. So. You know, here's a this is a great testament argument towards anarchy and libertarianism right here, folks. So 
Uh, apparently we can all just do the job just as well ourselves. We can all just band together and do the job and we don't even need these people. Right. So anyway, all right, let's watch another clip here. Uh, some of the most harrowing images from the disaster are of people jumping into waters off Lahaina Harbor to escape the blaze. Now the Coast Guard says it ended up rescuing 17 people that night. Not many details have emerged on who was pulled from the water, but we've learned two of them were children and they were found thanks to the heroic efforts of a Lahaina boat captain. As a captain with nearly three decades of experience at the Lahaina Boat Harbor, Chrissy Lovett has among the most unique perspectives from the night the flames swept through town. This is 80 mile an hour winds, the fire, flames, it was like a flamethrower. It wasn't like a vertical moving fire. I mean, it was reaching out at us. And by the time I got done with all this, I looked like I had worked in a coal mine. Lovett spent the night at the harbor, initially trying to save three of her boats, which ultimately were destroyed. When I saw Fleetwoods on fire, I knew the town was done for because there were no firefighters. Um, what I understand now, the water was cut off. People in the harbor trying to hose down their boat, they just had a trickle of water. There was, there was no chance for people to defend themselves from this fire. By 10 o'clock, she said the entire harbor and all of Front Street was engulfed. So she, her wife, and a couple of friends Grab the skiff, easy to maneuver in the area. We heard a call over the radio that they're looking for any assistance because they had 50 to 100 people in the water. And by this time it's dark, nonstop explosions. So Lashana, Emma, and myself, we sat down and we said, we have an unreliable dinghy motor, but let's try and help these people. They pushed through as best as they could through the smoke and poor visibility ultimately locating two young children and bringing them to a Coast Guard rescue boat. But says the kids were eventually reunited with their parents. They spent hours looking for more people to rescue. We were not able to find survivors any more than the kids. Um, and if we miss people, I'm, I'm so sorry if I missed you. You know, we were trying so hard to find you guys, but there was not you know, it was like in a fog. It was just so much smoke. Because they didn't know the extent of the damage, they stayed along the coastline and didn't get back on land till the next evening. While she no doubt saved lives, the pain from that night is still so wrong. It's really hard to handle to know that people that I know got trapped by the fire and didn't make it. It's, it's really, really traumatizing. And, um, you know, and I'm just, I, I wish I could have done more um, to help the situation. Now for the last week, she's been hosting displaced friends at her home in Kahana. She's also started a recovery fund. We posted a link on our website if you would like to Kokua. Okay, well, there you go. There's another story of absolute heroism in the face of just the most nightmaric situation you could possibly imagine. Um, you know, kudos to that gal who, you know, and by the way, where was the coast guard? What was the coast guard doing when she had to go in and rescue these children that were swimming in the ocean and bring them to the coast guard, bro, that is just unacceptable in every way, shape or form. That's so crazy. So, you know, kudos to her absolute hero. They should, you know, she should be president. She should be the president of the United States. She should be the governor of Hawaii. You know what I'm saying? You know, come on. Absolutely pathetic. So, you guys, we're going to keep going here for a little bit. I'm still waiting to hear to see if Shelby's going to be able to join us. I just sent her a message, but we'll see. Um, 
I did put the the link to join the show again in the chats on Rumble and Rockfin. All of you out there watching, Colleen, Kevin, uh, Ainsley, um, Steve. You guys, Steve, Steve, hop on with me, bro. Come on. Come on. You guys want to hop on? We can chat for a little bit. So I do have a few more clips here. Um, again, I just want to take a moment here to uh, shout out the, uh, the Give, Send, Go Fund put together by uh, Unjected and uh, Jimmy Levy. Um, you know, they, they put a, they put a, so Shelby loves her 1111 uh, magic. What is it? Spirit numbers, power numbers. I can't remember what she calls them, but 1111, right? She loves the 1111. So they put a goal of 1 billion, 111 million, 111,000, $111. So if we can hit that goal, that'd be fantastic. We could uh, buy our own Island. You guys, we're all talking about building community. Let's raise a billion dollars. No, I mean, that's not what the money's for. Maybe we'll do a separate give, send, go where we could raise a billion dollars and buy our own private, unjected island. Can you imagine how cool that would be? We have our own spike-free island in paradise. Dude, I think we're on to something here, folks. So <laughs> maybe that'll be uh, the next iteration of uh, the unjected ecosystem. Who knows? But yeah, you know, um, thank you to everybody who has contributed to this. Um, that's just, you know, an amazing gesture and an amazing, um, you know, just sign of love and support. And just know that this money is going directly into the hands of people that need it on the front lines. We'll do some reports and uh, show you where this money is going. We'll, we'll, we'll be, you know, completely transparent about all that. You know, Give, Send, Go is kind of cool. They have like a pray tab. So, you know, if you want to just submit your prayers, you know, that goes a long way as well. The power of prayer is real, folks, you know. And uh, just the, the, the energy that is occurring on all sides of this, you know, the, the anguish and the suffering that's happening is hopefully being counterbalanced by the amount of love and support and blessings that are being sent that way. You know, we can overpower the dark energy that's emanating from Maui right now with, with our hopes and prayers, you know. Um, even if you're not in a position to contribute, you can share it, you know, share it on your Facebook, share it on, you know, if you have a Telegram channel or send it to your friends, text it to a friend, you know, just let them know there is a way to give direct help to the people in Maui with the give, send, go.com forward slash faith over fear Maui. There's a link in the episode description below and uh, you'll find that there. So, you know, good job to Shelby and, and Heather and the, the whole crew that are really just, you know, trying to pull together. And so I should mention, and I didn't mention this in the beginning, but Shelby and Heather are fine. Um, their families are fine. They're they're they live in a town just a little bit away from Ma Ma uh, Lahaina. So they weren't directly impacted by the fires. Um, it sounds like Heather's business that she works at, it was damaged. Um, and uh, it sounds, but they do know a lot of people, a lot of people who have lost their, lost everything, lost everything. And then some, you know, um, the stories that are coming out of there are just so unimaginably tragic. And so um, anything we can do to help support them. And I feel like just neutered out here in, in Tennessee that not able to do really much to help from here. But hopefully this, you know, doing this show, the articles have been writing, the coverage that we're providing to really break through angel numbers. Thank you, free flow travel. I appreciate that. <laughs> angel numbers, 1111 angel numbers. That's right. Um, I'm not as esoteric as the gals are, right? They, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's cool. But anyway, so um, anything that we can do from the mainland to offer support because, you know, it's up to us to do it. It's up to us to do it. Like I say, with the whole, COVID vaccine thing, you know, that these, these agencies that are entrusted to provide the people with the informed consent that they need to make the right medical decisions for themselves and their families have failed. 
completely failed across the board with every aspect of the injection. And so it's up to like the shows that I do, you know, I feel like that's like my mission in life to provide the informed consent to the public, to show the studies, to show the dangers, to show everything that they're refusing, not only refusing to show, but actually actively suppressing the information that should be their number one priority to get out is about adverse events about, you know, myocarditis, blood clots. Like these things should be at the very first thing out of every single one of their mouths, but it's not. And they pretend it doesn't even exist. So it's up to us to provide the informed consent, right? So if the government's going to fail on every aspect of this, if they're going to fail and leave people to die, leave people to drown in the water, block the roads so that they can't get out. So they burn to death, a lot, burn to death in their cars. If that, if that's the government response and it's up to us, it's up to us, the people, we, the people, are the ones that have to show up and uh, be there for each other, which is actually a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing that, um, you know, we can do this, you know? So this is just my way, I guess, of helping out. I, I don't see any other way to do it. I was even talking to Shelby half jokingly, like, you know, I run my own little handyman business. I was like, God, I should really just go out to Maui and just like help with the relief efforts. And she's like, yeah, it's going to be like the next 10 years of rebuilding. It's like, who knows? That might be that might be a move. I don't know. That might be a move someday that I just I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go to Maui and help them rebuild. You know, it'd be it'd be a good it'd be a good thing. Maybe. I don't know. Pack up the pack up the truck, drive it back to Oregon. Oh, God. And then t take a boat out there to Maui and just uh, pack all the tools in the back and then just rebuild and rebuild Maui. That would be that'd be worthwhile effort. I don't know. We'll see. Um, who knows? Who knows what the future has in store? I'm kind of I'm kind of. Yeah. So um, let's uh, let me see. Let's watch another clip here real quick. If you know that it's going to be, like, just say it. Okay, so can you please start to load up because we're concluding this portion for today. Chief, did fire, did fire units get this far? Because we're going to find out anyways. That's the thing. We're going to find out. Like you can't, we don't live in an age where you can hide stuff like that anymore. It's only worse for the government if they're not telling us the truth because then we're not, gonna, we're not gonna believe it, we're not gonna trust them. I really don't trust them. I don't, I'm from born and raised here and I know the stories. If they want the people to be behind them, then be for the people. Tell us the truth. Tell people the truth. It's not going to be buried for long. Yeah, it's so sad. And, you know, I do see some silver line. Oh, my gosh. I got people hopping in the chat. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Some of my favorite people in the world. I can't even believe this. This is so cool. Okay. Let's keep it somber. Okay. This is a very sad thing. But, no, I'm just very excited because these are some of my favorite people right here. So, I want to introduce you to two of my dear friends, Colleen Ooh. and Miss QA Bear. What is going on, guys? Hi. Can you guys hear me? I can hey, what's up, Colleen? And then uh, Miss QA Bear. Wow, you guys. Wow. Hey, what's up? What's going on? Hi. <laughs> uh, what's going on? Not much. 
Okay. Uh, what are your guys' day. thoughts? Okay. Rough day. It's been a rough, yeah. Rough <laughs> mom day. Rough mom day. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. To be honest, I think it's weird. I didn't hear about it till a couple of days ago. I don't watch mainstream. I don't think that really would have mattered. Yeah. So that was a little bizarre. So I'm playing catch up, I think. Yeah. You're the one that was messaging in the chat about, or in the telegram about the, um, this, this, the, now that the hurricane has like moved on to the West coast and now the West oh. coast is, is looking Weird, at some right? Sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have friends in Southern California that were like, no, you're kidding. Right. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I mean, what I think is weird. So I watched the weather. I was a sailor. I don't see it on the radar, the radar I look at. I don't see it, but who knows? Very, very weird. Yeah, it's very weird. Miss QA bear. What are your thoughts about all this? Um, well, I don't have social media either and I don't watch the news. So I didn't know okay. this was happening. Oh, wow. Until right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I'm reminded of the organ fires. Mm -hmm. I had everybody, what, 3,000 plus people um, flood to a high school. Mm -hmm. Very mm. similar, like not, not the same thing, but interesting how there was, I don't know, so many um, fail safes put in place, right? And nothing was initiated. And it took way too long for people to get there. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just, I'm floored. I'm totally floored. Yeah. When was that? I, I'm not. I'm that was not the, a... the 2020 fires. Mm -hmm. uh, I, yeah. All I remember with that was like Australia was on fire. Do you remember that? Yeah. The Australia fires were huge too. Yeah. I think that was right around and the same time. that was an island. That was really weird. Yeah. I'd, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. We actually did a lot of coverage on that on the Truthzilla show. We had uh, some mm. people um, on the show about that, but that was around the same time. We had like the whole world felt like it was on fire, you know, because between yeah, Australia and the West Coast. Yeah. It felt like it was uh, something major was happening. So yeah, I mm. remember that. That was so crazy. So crazy. Yeah, the people like were rescuing what? like koala bears in their car and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wild. Yeah, I don't know, guys. I wanted so, to I don't point know. out. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. There's a delayed audio. I Whoops. just I wanted to point out um, two little things, I guess that um, you know personally, I've worked for um, the Department of Defense, as you know, mm. and you and I personally have talked about some questionable material, right? That may or may not have been um, right. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't really add up. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't, I don't know. It's, it's interesting now that, I guess, you know, given everything, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. crazy. None of it adds up. None of it adds up. None of it really adds up at all. Colleen, what's your biggest red flag about this whole thing? One, I think it's weird, like the sirens mm -hmm. and then the no water, but you're an island. Mm. Um, that kind of thing. I, I do think that it's weird that was it the, the Air Force had a direct energy weapon stationed there. Um, that's super sus. I have some firefighter friends that all say they don't think so, though. They kind of walk through. It's over my head. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure that I'm signed on to that camp. 
but I do find that it's odd. Um, I do think it's weird. It was also on a day where kids weren't in school. Yeah, the kids got sent home from school because apparently they were like- Heartbreaking, yeah, yeah, heartbreaking yeah. as like a mama heart. Like I just bust into tears. Like, can you imagine being at work and you're like teen or whatever is home watching TV, whatever, no cell phone alert, no TV alert, no, like I can't, I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. No really alerts, can. no, no ability to, to text each other or communicate no. with phones. Yeah. It's just, it's just, a you know, I don't know if you know people in Southern California are having these same issues where like they'll go somewhere and have dead spots and can't text or like whatever their thing isn't loading. Um, mm -hmm. And that's super weird all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. I've been having weird phone issues too. Mm -hmm. I've definitely been having weird phone issues. In too. my own neighborhood, never been an issue. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden. Yeah. For a while there, for like a week straight, I couldn't text anybody with an iPhone with my Android phone. Cause you know, I'm just a peasant with my Android, but I couldn't text anybody <laughs> that had an iPhone. What I had yeah. to do is I had to take a screenshot of the text message and send them a screenshot of the text message in order for it to edit. Cause it would send, uh, you know, MMS messages, but it wouldn't send a regular text message. And it, it all of a sudden fixed itself after I ordered a new phone, but, uh, very weird. Very when the tech support people had no idea. So I just, I have no idea, no idea at all. Well, like, yeah. So the phone system, that. the phone, the phones are failing us, folks. We got to rely on other means of whatever. Well, last time I tried to call into you, whenever yeah. that was, you killed my phone. Like it went black. Oh, really? Wow. Do you remember that? Did That's I, when, how when we. Was that? When was that? Oh my gosh. I don't know. Like a year ago, year and a half ago. Weird. Very weird. Yeah. I don't remember that, but that's weird. Weird, weird, weird. Yeah. Any other thoughts, ladies? No. No. Well, I'm glad you guys hopped on. So cool. No, not really. Okay. Okay. Good right to see on. you. So good to see you guys. Yeah, good to see you guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Cool. Uh, Amber. Oh, I don't know if Amber had anything else. I might have accidentally pulled her into the meeting. Okay. Um, yeah, guys. So... Yeah, that's crazy. So Miss QA Bear, like that, that was one of my uh, friends out in Oregon that I knew um, and lived very close to the fire situation, you know? And so uh, that's, that's really, really crazy. You know, it kind of just brings it all back really to be, and then Colleen has been like a, one of my diehard listeners from day one, like literally from day one and is just very active in the chats and just always been a huge supportive, awesome super mom. She's been on the show before um, talking about, you know, all of her, battles against the establishment so just big shout out to them both of them just thank you both for your all your support and just being on this journey with me so um let's see i got i got one more clip i still have not heard from shelby um so i'm probably we're gonna do this and probably just kind of wind down from there so let's watch this last clip all right here's a little update over the last two to three days um i was able to get my wife and kids off to canada safely last night so today's day one for me non-stop uh, we got a lot going on, but over the last few days, we've just uh, got some more, a lot more information on actually what happened um, before, during, and after. And you know, I've I've just heard so many crazy stories, but I really didn't want it to be this extreme. But 100%, the state and government has failed us without question. Um, I heard stories of my friend taking a nap with their daughter and waking up to no cell cell phone service um with smoke going over their house and just minutes to get out 
There were absolutely no alarms. There were kids and parents taking naps. Um, at the same time, due to all the down power lines on both sides of Lahaina, people were trying to escape Lahaina and being turned around by police officers just due to power lines in the road. And people were actually being turned around back into the fire on both sides of Lahaina. I have multiple people that were driving out of the fire, yelling at every single car to turn around as there was a line of cars going into the fire. So on the beginning stages and the warning, it was an absolutely utter failure for our systems that are tested monthly, every single month on the first. Secondly, during this disaster, we understand the firemen were completely, completely overwhelmed. We have so much respect for all the firemen and all the first responders. But again, there was nothing, nothing that anybody could have done during. And now after, it's only on day six that we are starting to see some government officials come into all these makeshift camps that we have created over the week. And they are literally taking over. Okay. Well, there you go. So, you know, I guess some kudos and props to the firefighters and the first responders. You know, we, we do have to acknowledge that. I guess it's a thankless job and I can't even imagine, especially being denied the resources. The one, the one tool that you actually need to fight fires is a little bit of water and they were denied that and uh, cut off at the knees. And so that article we saw earlier from the New York times talking about how they're only, you know, they w it went from a firefighting mission to a rescue search and rescue mission immediately. And so, you know, a lot of people on the ground, boots on the ground, really doing good work. Uh, all the civilians out there doing good work, just our thoughts and prayers to them. You know, it's just a, it's just a real tragedy. So um, we're, we're kind of getting to the bottom of the hour here. We're probably not going to be hearing from Shelby unless she pops in here uh, within the last few minutes here, but I'm just going to go ahead and uh, kind of wind the show down. You guys, I'm really grateful that you guys um, joined me for this little solo cast here. It was kind of a very impromptu last minute thing. And I really am grateful that you guys are here. In fact, we've got more people watching right now on rumble than we normally do like about twice as many people. So thank you guys for being here. I really appreciate all you guys so much and just being on this journey with us. You know what I mean? So um, once again, I want to shout out the uh, give, send, go, give, send, go.com forward slash faith over fear Maui. The link is in the episode description. Um, any contributions or just even sharing it goes a long way towards uh, helping this. this is put together by Jimmy Levy. Uh, yeah, 10 times billboard number one artist, man. He's crushing. And then, of course, uh, brought to you by Injected.com. So uh, speaking of, um, let's just look at this. Injected.com, you guys, Injected.com is live in full effect. If you're not on it, I don't know what you're doing. Um, if you're looking for dating or connections, you know, other friends, community, you know, that's all available there. You know, there's people on there that aren't looking to date, just looking for other like-minded people in their area. I want to encourage all you guys to sign up. Um, you know, and, uh, it's, it's, it's been great. Um, it's been really great interacting with all the new members. This, if you guys are new, this is, uh, some success stories. This is uh, on the left here. This is Caleb and Jenna from, uh, just about an hour South of me got married and I got to roll down there. That's my pickup truck with the unjected license plate. I got to roll down there and be a part of their wedding representing unjected. Um, they got married back in June such a magical day. There's actually an article on the sub stack where I kind of detail. So if you go down here on the sub stack, um, 
it was a while ago, I guess. So if you go down here, right here, a beautiful unjected wedding. So this is my story from the, from the full day. There's them. It's their backstory, the proposal, and then the wedding day, lots of cool photos. Um, you know, just a really, really cool thing that's, that's being born out of all this tragedy is the fact that we're bringing people together, which is the number one thing we should all be doing is focusing on building community, finding our people out there in the world, whether it's romantic connections or just, you know, other like-minded people doing in-person meetups in real life. Like that is how we win. That is how we fight back. And I guarantee those out in um, Hawaii that have, um, that are out there helping each other. Now they're family for life. We saw that one video clip of, you know, throughout all this tragedy, throughout the COVID tragedy, we all found each other, right? You all tuning into the show right now. We're all family. We're all in this, this fight together. And it's an amazing, beautiful thing that we get to do. So uh, definitely sign up for unjected.com. Um, really, uh, it's just an amazing thing. And there's going to be a lot more stuff coming out. You guys, we just launched about a month ago, just a little over a month ago. So, you know, when you log on, you're going to see it's pretty much just the dating and connection side, but we're going to bring, we're going to be bringing back a lot of the old features. We're going to be bringing out a lot of the cool, a lot of cool new stuff. There's a lot of new stuff in the works, you know, being, uh, being incubated as we speak. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. So just, you know, get it on the ground floor, unjected.com sign up today. Um, again, just a shout out to the unjected Substack. This is a great way to stay up to date with anything related to unjected. Um, we're going to be doing a lot more reports and just, you know, stuff related to not only the fires, but of course, getting back to what we love to do, talking about medical freedom and uh, liberty and, uh, you know, how to move, you know, trying to date in a heavily vaccinated world, right? With the, the, the craziness of all that. And then, of course, I want to give a shout out. We couldn't do it without the wellness company. The wellness company came in and, and sponsored, you know, partnered with us and has rebuilt the site. So, you know, we pretty much owe everything to uh, the wellness company for doing that. And if you guys want to help support them, we have a link in the description as well. It's destroyspike.com that takes you to this page right here, which is the wellness company spike support formula, which uh, helps detox from the spike protein, whether you got it from shedding or you got it from, uh, you know, an actual injection. Um, it's a fantastic product. Um, it's really the, the active ingredient is the natokinase. And if you want more information about that, again, back to the Substack. If you scroll down, it was a couple months ago, but I published this article. Um, let me see if I can find it here. All right here. So it's the spike protein detox Fauci doesn't want you to know about. So this article details natokinase. Like what the heck is natokinase? It's like a Japanese bean type of thing. A cheese-like food made from soybeans fermented with bacillus subtilis. Um, there's a, there's a the studies here, this, uh, this study right here talking about the degradation effects of natokinase on spike protein. So you can read actual, the science behind it, actually the science behind it, um, and how it kind of did, you know, disassembles the spike protein and spike support.com. So if you guys go to destroyspike.com, that'll take you directly to the spike support brought to you by the wellness company. They've got all kinds of really cool stuff on there. Um, they're, they're basically building a, a parallel medical system is what they're doing. Um, they, they, it's like $10 a month subscription and then you get access to the telehealth. So if you're in a position where you still are on medication and you still need to go to regular office visits, not only can you cut out the medical, the, the, the traditional allopathic medical system, but you can cut out the insurance too. You don't need insurance to do this. It's cheap office, cheap, cheap telehealth visits. And then there's other subscription tiers where you can get like the, the, the big one is you can get unlimited supplements each month, all their supplements. You can get a big bundle included in your subscription each month. You know, they're doing really amazing stuff out there, all kinds of different formulations and all kinds of different stuff. So uh, I would start at destroyspike.com and then just peruse the site. And they actually do have a really cool thing. 
I should have all this queued up, but a really, really cool thing where it's like, if you want to get off whatever prescription pills that you're on, um, I know like uh, Dr. Jennifer Vanderwater, who we've had on the show. Um, look at this. So you have long COVID relief, vaccine injury relief. Um, oh, where is it? It's basically a program that helps you titrate off. So right here, the, the, the one wellness, 199 a month, but that gives you free supplements of your choosing each month. Like it's a freaking heck of a deal. Um, but, uh, let's see. And then of course, Dr. Peter McCullough is the chief scientific officer over there. So there, there's no, there, there no joke trying to find it here, but basically it's a, a program that you can join that helps you kind of, I guess for lack of a better word, like detox and titrate off of whatever prescriptions that you're on. Um, and so it's a really, really cool program. So I'll, oh, I guess I didn't have any, I wasn't screen sharing there, but anyway, twc.health is the main website, but if you go to destroyspike.com, that kind of gets you in through the, the injected link and really helps the show also. So destroyspike.com to get access to everything related to the wellness company, our partners, our dear friends. Um, I'm in a group chat with like, you know, the founders and the CEOs over there and they're just the most awesome people ever. And it's like, we're just, we just have fun while doing all this at the same time. So shout out to the wellness company. Thank you guys. Couldn't do this without you guys. And uh, for offering like such valuable, not only services, but products. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to talk about it on the show. I have no shame in talking about it because I believe in the mission then, and they believe in our mission. And so it's a very mutually awesome, beneficial thing. So, um, yep. Looks like that's going to be it for us tonight. You guys, thank you so much for joining us. I just feel very blessed to be able to be here sitting with all of you and, uh, we're going to get through this. We're absolutely going to get through this. And, uh, yeah. So how can a person prove they're injected is one of the comments by Yellowbird Willie. So that's one of the, yeah. So the new version of the website, we actually have a verification process and I should just let you guys know. So everybody that joins the website, there's a verification process and that consists of each member is going to have a meeting, a Zoom call, a Zoom call with uh, with a, a nurse at the wellness company. And basically, it's just a couple a couple reasons for that. One is to verify your personhood. So they're going to ver verify that you are who you say you are, right? That's going to eliminate scammers, spammers, bots, trolls, all that bullshit. No, not going to have it on the new site, okay? And the second thing is there's going to go over a questionnaire um, with, with some maybe some trick questions, maybe some questions that are going to really get to the root and ascertain whether or not you have chosen to accept the vaccine into your life. The COVID injection, I should say, not the vaccine. The COVID injection, the mRNA injection. If you've chosen to accept that into your life, they're going to ascertain that or not. And then you will be signing a legal affidavit attesting to your status, to your vaccine injection status. So, which is like, you know, a legally binding thing. So if you lie about that, there could be ramifications down the road. If, you know, there are other, you know, if someone like calls you out on or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's just an added layer of security to verify that our members are, who they say they are and they're actually unvaccinated. So, um, so that's, that's pretty much the deal there. Very much different than any traditional dating site. And, you know, I've been on all of them and I guarantee there's no, there's not that rigorous level of verification. So, you know, we're separating ourselves from the pack, separating ourselves from the herd, setting ourselves apart from the rest of the dating sites out there and cultivating the highest quality community that we possibly can of, uh, unvaccinated freedom fighters. You know what I mean? So injected.com. You see it right behind me. Beautiful landing page brought to you by the wellness company. And I can't tell you how grateful I am to be a part of this operation, you know, in the trenches doing this thing with all of you. So, all right, guys, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me tonight. And uh, until next time. Oh, you like that? Yeah, I got a little live 
Rad Reggae to us out. So thank you guys so much for being with us on Injected.com, Injected.substack.com, TWC.health. And we will be back in full effect hopefully next week as the dust settles and the, the storm calms. We're going to be back with another fantastic episode of The Injected Show. All right. I'll see you guys next week. Peace.